0: Hello, everyone, and once again, may I welcome you to what is promising to be an excellent show. My name is W.J. Sheehan, and I am the author of a series of books entitled Bigfoot Sightings, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, and it bears the same name as our podcast. So if you're interested in what I've written... You could purchase them at Amazon in paperback and ebook format, and you could also check them out in the lending library. Also, for you audio files out there, I have them available volumes two through six at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon. So, do take advantage of what we're doing here, and you're helping out the show at the same time. And now, let me introduce you to my brother and co-host, Kevin Sheehan. Kev, come on aboard. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Good. Sorry for the little stumbling there in my introduction.
1: Hey, you know we're as professional as we can be, <laughs> <laughs> which is not very.
0: Like uh, Mo, Mo, Larry, Shemp, and Curly.
1: That's right. Don't forget Shemp.
0: <laughs> I used to love when that guy used to get smacked in the head and his hair would fly around. <laughs> oh, my God, those guys were incredible. Mm. Hey, what do you think would happen if the Three Stooges encountered Bigfoot? That I think that would show. be a
1: good movie. That would be a good 430 <laughs> movie from when we were kids.
0: Yeah, no, that would have been a great show. <laughs> Next oh week, the goodness.
1: Three Stooges meet Bigfoot.
0: That would would be as good as uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. stuff. They don't make that stuff anymore. Too bad.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff.
0: You know, they were making those movies back then for like a a buck and a half and a pack of chewing gum. (laughs) And, And now they can't put a movie together for less than, you know, $50 million or something, you know?
1: Yeah, different era.
0: Yeah, just incredible, you know. Different so, era. bro, what do you got lined up for us today? You told me you got some uh, interesting material.
1: Yeah, we're going to go down the other oddities path today. Uh-huh. And uh it's good stuff. We're going to talk about the Jersey Devil.
0: Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I love this stuff, you know, because this is like uh I don't know, it's more like folklore I don't know if I'm doing it justice by saying that because a lot of these people are really uh uh wound up about this creature.
1: There's some good sightings uh we'll talk about and you know that they've been they've been talking about this creature, the Jersey Devil, sometimes also called the Leeds Devil. L E E D S. Um, which is kind of one in the same, it seems. But they've been talking about this for about 250 years.
0: Yeah. Now, my recollection is that the Leeds Devil uh, uh, is way back in the origins of this. That's what they called it back then, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's an interesting story in itself, which we will touch on, but we could probably do a one-hour episode just on the Leeds family. And uh, we'll touch on it a little bit today, though. It's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, interesting that you're mentioning 200 years of history here, and who knows how far before that. But in our last podcast, we were talking about an event that happened somewhere around the late 1800s in Maine, some of these stories. Yeah, yeah. And we were discussing how there was very little available in the written word there, other than like oral tradition, to pass stories along.
1: Yep. Yep. So so um, get this. We're going to come back in a second and talk about what this thing looked like, uh, you know, is is reported to look like. But first off, I'm going to tell you about a sighting in 1812. And you know how in some of these sightings, Bill, of the hairy man and other creatures, um, we have someone famous involved, right? Of really? course. Well, of course, like the most famous one is Teddy Roosevelt, Right. In the talking about the Bauman encounter. And then, you know, we've had others with us, senators and stuff like that, that have reported seeing a hairy man. Well, believe it or not, in 1812, um, which was one of the first reported sightings of the Jersey Devil, uh, it was seen by Joseph Bonaparte. Wow. And is that name familiar to you, Bonaparte? Absolutely. (laughs) Apparently, it's Napoleon's older brother.
0: Wow!
1: Yeah, pretty wild. So, well,
0: I he, mean, you know, we're talking about the very early days of our country's oh, existence. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, you know, the whole War of eighteen twelve. Right? So we maybe we were right before that started here, and yeah. uh, Joseph Bonaparte claimed that he saw the Jersey Devil while hunting near his Bordentown estate. So Bordentown being a uh, a place in New Jersey, southern New Jersey
0: wow that's incredible yeah
1: pretty wild stuff so let's talk a little bit about what this thing looks like so have you seen what it looks like at all bill do you recall some of these early pictures
0: uh no i really don't it's been a while since i had one in front of my eyes probably over 20 years ago
1: it is freaky looking i'll tell you that so Mm -hmm. the the most famous is Sketch, And I'll put all of these. I got a lot of materials that I'll put up on our website, BigfootTerrorIntheWoods.com, because there's some good stuff. Um, but the most famous sketch appeared in the Philadelphia Bulletin in January of 1909. So remember 1909. We're going to talk about that quite a bit. Okay. But in this sketch, you got, imagine, okay, like a horse-like creature up on its hind legs, right? Kind of rearing. OK, but the neck is like two to three times longer than a horse. And to me, the head of this thing looks like the head of like a camel. I mean, they don't describe it that way, but that's how I would describe it. It looks like a camel's head, like a wow. long neck of a camel on a horse body. But then it has these gigantic bat like wings.
0: Wow. Yes. That is so absolutely
1: freaky deaky. Absolutely
0: <laughs> wow. And you're talking about, I'm visualizing like the old pictures of like Pegasus. Exactly. The, the exactly. winged horse rearing rearing up, up but, under time but,
1: but the wings are like nothing like the Pegasus sketches because these are like really, really bat-like. Wow, what a freaky thing. I mean, it's super freaky. Nothing like a Pegasus. You're not going to mistake um, the Jersey Devil for the Pegasus. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, what a nice horse. Not... <laughs> Oh, my God. Now, has this thing uh, has this thing attacked people or are these just sightings of it? Well,
1: it's uh, it's rumored to have attacked some animals. And uh, it did come after uh, a guy who was working on his taxi cab, which we'll we'll talk about here. So as I promised, you know, we're going to come to this 1909 time frame where uh, the Jersey Devil's fame solidified. So in 1909, depending on where I read about it, there were between 100 and 1,000 reports from eyewitnesses throughout South Jersey.
0: This was in a single
1: year? In a single year. So that's like the hotbed of sightings.
0: Come on, that is like off the charts.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so one of these uh, accounts comes from a Navy commander, Stephen Decatur. And apparently he was testing cannonballs at Hanover Mills Works down in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. And he saw the creature and shot at it with a cannonball. And he said the cannonball blew a hole in the devil, but it wasn't phased at all by the projectile. What? <laughs> I told you this is freaky deaky, man. Uh,
0: that, the guy is a naval commander practicing cannon fire? He was working. He bl- he's testing cannonballs. And which, he was able to put a cannonball through the thing? That's what the account says. One of the 1909 accounts. That is ridiculous. I mean, what do you even say about that? I know. I know. Um, and then, uh,
1: so so police in Camden... And Bristol, Pennsylvania, so kind of all of these areas surrounding but not limited by the actual state border of New Jersey, but surrounding the Pine barren area of New Jersey, um, supposedly fired on the creature also to no effect. Wow. And then other other reports um, talked about these weird footprints that were seen in the snow, kind of like hoof-like but not a, not a horse, like hoof-like with large claws. Boy, which oh is boy. very strange. And they yeah. saw these down in South Jersey and as far away as Delaware and Western Maryland.
0: I mean, uh, I'm telling you right up front, man, this thing sounds like it was aptly named devil, because to me, this sounds like a demonic entity of some It does, some sort. it does.
1: We're actually, we're, we're going to get to that a little bit, because it's, it's very interesting to another... Cryptid story, um, okay. you know that we've covered in in several different ways. So, okay. so hold that thought. So, okay. you know, it, with all of these different sightings going on, there was widespread newspaper coverage, and there was like fear and panic throughout this region of the U.S. And so much fear and panic that it prompted a number of schools to close. Um, so people were told to keep their children home from school and then also some workers uh were told to stay home and not come out from there not come out and go to their jobs but to stay home and protect their family oh, and this was
0: all in 1909 all in 1909 so we're talking like let's say we're talking a thousand sightings in one year. Yep. three Three hundred and sixty five days a year into a thousand, you're talking like two point something sightings a day. Yeah, probably,
1: probably not realistic, right? It's probably less than a thousand sightings, but right. you're right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, we're talking a lot of a lot of sightings. Of people.
1: And 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 this is all documented, right? So during this period. Um, uh, you know the the accounts say that the Philadelphia Zoo posted a ten thousand dollar reward for the creature, and this offer prompted a variety of hoaxes, including someone apparently showed up with a kangaroo with artificial claws and bat wings.
0: <laughs> Great! Yeah, and like nobody was going to know. There's always
1: somebody know? looking to make a buck. You know,
0: well, he probably just crawled out of the pub. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable.
1: No doubt about it. And then there's, uh, I'll put a copy of this article. It's uh, very hard to read the article, easy to read the headlines, but um, it comes out of the uh, Trenton Times uh, in New Jersey, Trenton Times, and it's a story about the string of Jersey Devil sightings. And, um, you know, the the headline basically says, uh, fly, the headline, by the way, I have to tell you, you're hearing it correctly, it just Grammatically, it doesn't make perfect sense to me, but it says fly rival of Leeds devil has Jersey people frightened. And then the sub, uh, heading says hoofprints prints in the snow, whirring noises in the air and other uncanny manifestations reach Bordentown and Mount Holly after making sensation in lower counties where natives remain indoors after sundown.
0: Wow, that is crazy!
1: Yeah, and it's a copy of a clipping from the newspaper back then.
0: Yeah, and I don't think you know those were different times. I don't. I find it hard to believe that something would be posted like that in probably there weren't that many papers around. I mean, that would be like a War of the Worlds thing with Orson Welles, where you could really put a panic into people. Oh yeah,
1: I don't think the periodical would be doing a hoax. I mean, it. Uh, you could see a place getting into a tizzy. I mean, a tizzy's not not uh, intense enough to describe it, but over these rumors, right? So crazy Incredible. year in 1909, people staying indoors, people keeping their kids home from school, not going to work, definitely staying indoors after sundown um, because of these creatures. And, you know, they talk about, like, in this headline – you know, I'm going to read it again. These whirring noises in the air. I don't know if you remember, but we were doing another Cryptid and Other Oddities episode a while back. And do you remember they described the same thing, like whirring noises in the air? Do you remember yeah, it which one? That was around the Mothman, no? That was Mothman. So yeah. that's where I'm going. This sounds a lot like Mothman. Not that it is Mothman. Um, cause it looks entirely different, but you know, the same kind of thing where there's a spike of sightings, right. And Mothman was even a shorter period of time, certainly seems, uh, demonic. And then you're not going to believe this. They also say, um, that this could be, um, you know, one of the zoologists said that it could be the, um, what do you call that crane, um. I gotta find a name of it here, oh, the mean, giant Sandhill Crane, yeah, okay, which was the same thing. Remember that they said that about Mothman,
0: yeah, and a giant sandhill Crane does not even come in the neighborhood of what you're talking about, no, it
1: doesn't look like a horse with a camel neck and a camel yeah, head and yeah. bat wings
0: yeah, and <laughs> the, the giant the giant sandhill crane has like a wingspan of like seven feet or something <laughs> something
1: I don't know yeah. you know
0: they're very slender looking that Nothing like what, of course, everybody wants to, uh, you know, uh, uh, knock what people are saying. And remember back then, these people were walking to and from school, uh, a lot of dirt roads, very rural areas that they were living in. Uh, You know, if there was something out there that they perceived would hurt their children... Or uh, or even hurt them as adults. Uh, they would be really cautious until the uh, the smoke had cleared. You know. Oh, no doubt about it.
1: And uh, by the way, so I mentioned the Trenton Times that original article. A lot of uh, a lot of these accounts actually come from nj dot com. You know, for NewJersey.com. dot com. They this is such a popular thing, the Jersey Devil, that um, they talk about it right there on their website. With a lot of the accounts. So here, you were asking if anybody got hurt or got attacked. So leaving 1909 and going into 1927, um, uh, a taxi driver in Salem City, New Jersey, allegedly encountered the Jersey Devil while changing a flat tire. So get this. The man told police that a winged creature was pounding on the roof of the cab. While he was working on changing the tire,
0: holy cow! Crazy, right? I mean, picture yourself—you know—we don't have a time of day on this, but uh, but let's just say it was the nighttime, and he's out there trying to fiddle around with what he's doing, jack the car up, get the lugs off, and all of a sudden, (laughs) something comes crashing (laughs) down on the roof on the roof of the cab, smashing up. And again, he
1: called the police, right, and reported it to the police. Wow. So, and that was a long time after 1909, going over to 1927. And then we leave 1927 and we go all the way up to 1960, where several residents of a town called Mays Landing heard horrifying screams in the night. There was no explanation for these noises, and people began to panic. You know, so it was over multiple nights and police hung flyers assuring residents that the Jersey devil was a hoax. But then a circus owner a local circus owner counted the appeal by offering a hundred thousand dollar reward back in 1960 for anyone who could capture the creature. But wow. no one received the uh, reward.
0: Right. And uh, well, he had he, uh, one group of cops, somebody saying it's a hoax. Which counters the other group of policemen who fired upon the thing a couple of decades earlier. Yep. You don't just pull your gun out and start cracking off rounds unless you think it's something worth shooting. Yep. You know, I mean, if you can't identify something positively, you're not going to just, three guys aren't going to pull out their revolvers and start banging rounds. Yep. Yeah, it's just not the way it happens, you know? Yep. Wow.
1: So then we go a little bit further ahead in time. This one in 1972, and a woman named Mary Ritzer Christensen uh, reported that she got the heebie-jeebies one night when she was driving and spotted what she believes to be the Jersey Devil on Green Tree Road. And she says she was driving from Blackwood to Glassboro, where she says she saw a towering figure crossing the road about 25 feet away, and she described the figure as standing taller than the average man with thick haunches like a goat and a huge woolly head. Wow. Pretty weird, right?
0: Holy cow, you know. I mean, where do you come up with these the descriptions? I
1: know? know. No, they're really weird. And, yeah. and we'll talk about, you know, some modern day, there's a photograph and a video, which I'm not saying they're real, but, you know, I'll put them up on the website and people judge for themselves. But it is a freaky looking creature in the photograph and the video. But then yeah. we get to one of these things where there was like this slaughtering of animals. So, um, you know, and they, they report that forest rangers, um, uh, discovered in 1980 in Wharton State Forest, Chief Ranger Alan McFarland saw something that both grossed him out and stumped his wild animal knowledge. A brutal scene on a South Jersey farm where a pack of pigs had been killed. He reported that the backs of their heads were eaten and their bodies were scratched and torn. However, there were no tracks surrounding the bodies and no blood on the ground. And, you know, I mean, just kind of otherworldly, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it almost sounds like, you know, I've watched a hawk tear things apart. And they could kind of dance around on the thing, grasping it with their talons, you know, while they're pecking and tearing at it. Uh, yeah, but, but we're talking like, about
1: ripping the heads off uh, the backs of heads off pigs. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that's a wow.
1: You know, just you know and
0: me. I don't care what size pig you're talking about. Obviously, they all didn't come out of a, a, a die. They're different sizes. But uh, man, you're talking about some powerful uh, bite or ability to do that. Yep. Wow, that is really crazy. Yep. Oh.
1: And now we talk about in 1993, a forest ranger by the name of John Irwin, you know, so someone that knows animals, right, and knows wildlife. He's driving along the Mullica River when he saw a strange creature blocking the road ahead of him. He said it was about six feet tall with horns and matted black fur. The two stared at each other for several minutes before the creature turned and ran
0: into the forest. So what the heck is that? Yeah, and I mean, these people, the past two accounts, you had people who were credible. I mean, a forest ranger? I know. You know, these people that have uh, zoological knowledge, uh, at the very least, better than most. Yep. And this is what they're describing. You know, they're not saying it could have been this or maybe it was that. Some giant beast with matted down black hair and horns like he didn't know what he was seeing? Yep. Holy smoke.
1: Yeah, so so we get this one. So this one is one of the most recent sightings. In 2015, it occurred in Galloway Township in October of 2015. And a gentleman by the name of David Black said he was driving along Route 9 near a golf course when he saw what he thought was a llama walking in and out of the tree line on the side of the road, right? So he's driving along, he thinks he sees a llama walking in and out of the the trees, and suddenly the creature spreads its wings and flies away.
0: Wow. Yeah. Now the llama description lends itself to something that you were talking about initially with the long le- uh neck.
1: Exactly. So to me it look, looks look like a camel, but maybe llama is better you know. Yeah. But this guy is- took a picture of it and I'll put the picture up on uh, our website com. and uh, he took a picture with his mobile phone and the photo went viral. And you know, this one looks like uh, it looks like a I don't know, a llama. It's got horns, so and wings and it's kind of flying in the trees,
0: you know. Wow. That is know? bizarre.
1: Totally bizarre.
0: Wow. I and mean, then, what do you do if you're in if you're in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey and you see this thing sitting up on a branch in a pine tree?
1: Well, I, I mean, love the way he describes it, where he sees what he thinks is a llama walking along, which we could imagine that, right? You know, right? You got these llama farms and stuff. You're like, what the heck is that? But then all of a sudden, like it spreads its wings and it starts flying. Whoa!
0: Yeah, that is.
1: I'm getting out of Dodge
0: yeah I don't even know what to say about that no you
1: know, that's right? something evil right
0: yeah that's something uh that's something that's not supposed to be on this planet. I'll tell you that right
1: right and then the last uh oh. modern sighting, which was a few days after David Black captured this image, a woman named Emily Martin shot a video which appears to be the same creature. That, and she says she spotted it on a road called Old Old Port Republic Road near Leeds Point. And uh, both Black and Martin swear neither the image nor the video were edited or set up. You know, and it says some of, uh, some who have seen the photo and video have their suspicions, which I would agree with. But I'll put them up there. You know, people, you know, again, let us know what you know about this this Jersey
0: Devil. And if you've seen it, like we always say, if you've seen something, say something. Yeah, you know, Kev, too, anytime you have a situation like this, I don't care if it's a Jersey Devil, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, whatever you want to call it, there's going to be people that uh, are legitimate in what they're saying about what they saw or what they experienced, and then you're going to have a whole bunch of other people. Oh, yeah, you always have the hoaxers, right? Right. They're always going to be there, so you know i'll say this about this jersey devil there and people will uh take take what i say with a grain of salt or just say boy is this guy full of hot air there are a lot of people out there that are into satanic cultism or occultism and whether you be- choose to believe it or not they are calling things into this realm knowingly or unknowingly uh that the likes of which humanity has not seen. So when you talk about these horned creatures, strange creatures flying around, first of all, do you know legitimately, Kev, right? We're we're both aircraft buffs. Right. What type of wing, what dimensionally, what type of wing would be necessary to hoist a 400-pound creature Yeah, a
1: horse-like creature is, you know, just crazy. I mean, you know, a lot of folks don't realize. I'm not saying our listeners don't realize. But they don't realize, like, you know, if you picked up, like, a hawk, an injured hawk, or owl or something like that, they they weigh almost nothing. Right. Right? They're this big creature. But everything down to their hollow bones and everything else, they're very light. And that's how they're able to fly, even with, you know, large wings, relatively large wings like a hawk or an owl have. So you're exactly right, Bill. This horse-like thing flying, it definitely sounds, like I said, otherworldly. And, you know, getting back to the hoaxers, uh, I don't know if I've said it on the program, but if people listening ever run into me, you know, the the folks most often ask me, so what do you think? You know, is this real? Is Bigfoot real? You know, talking about Bigfoot specifically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bill, you and I are a little different, you know, in lots of different ways. And I always say, like, hey, listen, no doubt about it, there are a lot of hoaxes out there, a lot of proven hoaxes, a lot of hoaxers who have admitted that they were doing, uh, you know, performing a trick. But there's also a lot of credible folks out there that, you know, have had very clear encounters with the creature and a lot of folks that have very clear videos like the one you were talking about earlier bill the marble mountain encounter you know um from the church group so i I think this is similar you know there's certainly some hoaxers it could be something uh you know that really happened certainly with the number of sightings in that period and it does like you said Bill it sounds a little bit like Mothman like it could be something that was conjured up uh, in an evil way you know from from uh, from uh, the likes of the devil
0: yeah you know. yeah. And And that that gets
1: gets us back. I'll talk a little bit about the Leeds devil. okay? so we mentioned it early on and I'm not going to go into all of the detail of this, but it's interesting for more reading and maybe we'll do another episode on the Leeds devil. But, you know, according to the popular folklore in that part of New Jersey, the Jersey devil Originated uh, with the in a, with a from a Pine Barrens resident named Jane Leeds, also known as Mother Leeds, and the legend states that Mother Leeds had twelve children, and after finding out she was pregnant for the thirteenth time, she cursed the child in frustration, crying that the child would be the devil. And during 1735, she was in labor to deliver this 13th child on a stormy night when her friends gathered around her, and they say that born as a normal child, the 13th child changed into a creature with hooves, a goat's head, bat wings, and a forked tail. Wow. So crazy, you know. Yeah,
0: and you know, when you're talking about demonic entities— the wings are more symbolic than they are for flight. They don't have to flap their wings to fly. Right, I They got can it. just move in and out of reality. Oh, okay. You know, so, I mean, you and I both know if a jet airliner didn't have jet engines, the types of wings that would be necessary for that thing to glide would be ridiculous.
1: Yep, yep. Uh,
0: and we know what happens to them once the engines cut out they and fall out. And they come of down the pretty quickly.
1: Come down yeah. pretty quickly.
0: So the weight, the weight to wing ratio, is critical for uh, flight. You know,
1: but you'll you'll find this Leeds family history in sou- sou- southern New Jersey going all the way back to the 1600s, and um, they published an almanac back then, and it actually the almanac contained a lot of, uh, uh, content on astrology and occultism. And I don't know how bad it was, you know, in terms of being out there. Cause in that time, you know, the Quakers were working very hard to censor the writings, you know, and these are the same Quakers, right, that were burning innocent women for being witches uh, a lot of times. So, you know, that you never know how far out it is. But it gets even more interesting from a history standpoint, um, because that same Leeds family uh, during 1716, right? Right. Um, Daniel Leeds, who published this almanac, uh, he passed away and his son Titan Leeds, inherited the almanac business and he continued to use astrological content and actually competed believe it or not with Benjamin Franklin's popular Poor Richard's almanac. Oh. Ah. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. So yeah, and yeah. apparently they would go back and forth in in the uh in their almanacs kind of poking at the other. Uh huh. Yeah, it's kind of like and a competition, like a competition. Yeah. And, and I guess when it got very intense, um, Franklin in, in 1733, Benjamin Franklin satirically used astrology in his almanac to predict the death of Titan Leeds in October of that same year. Wow. Isn't that something else? Like Benjamin Franklin, you know, poking fun at this other guy. And then, of course, Titan Leeds didn't die in October of 1733. But they say that after that, Franklin would refer to him as the ghost of Titan Leeds.
0: (laughs) 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 I think Ben Franklin must have been some character. I'm telling
1: you, you know, like it's pretty interesting. So so that's where we'll end this week. But, you know, I told you, Bill, it would be a wild adventure. And I, you know, and again, thank you. I didn't say it yet, but thank you to some of our folks that write in because they asked us to go and look into the Jersey Devil several times and yep. uh I'm glad they did cuz I tell people I write these down you know in my digital digital journal here and pick them out once in a while and start researching them and when I have enough like we make a podcast out of it so thank you for bringing that to my attention we'll do some more on it cuz there is a lot out there and it's super cool and then you know this may seem naive but I did not know that the NHL hockey team, the Jersey Devils, was named after the Jersey Devil. So Really? And we were joking about it. We were that. joking about it. And it absolutely they had a fan contest to name the hockey team uh years back. And uh the, the you know, most of the submissions were around the Jersey Devil. Let's call it the Jersey Devils.
0: Wow, that's something. Which is also ask. super cool. Yeah, it is super cool. You know, and uh It's just so bizarre. I mean, you know, the history in our country, albeit a very young country, is just like chock full of all kinds of little interesting tidbits, you know? No doubt about it. I mean, I, I thought
1: this story was fantastic, you know. Everything from the curse of the 13th child to the crazy year of 1909. And, you know, I'll post some of these wanted posters and stuff with this sketch of the beast on them. It's fantastic, you know, and and, then going all the way to the naming of a hockey team.
0: Yeah, you know, Kev, uh, uh, years ago when I fished more on the east end of Long Island, You'd run across things out there, like there's a house over there where it says George Washington uh, uh, used to stay here. Uh, yeah. It's an old it's an old inn, you know? The inn is like 225 years old or something. Then there's a marker out by uh, Orient or something, somewhere around Southhold, I think, where if you happen to be out of your car and on the shore, you could see this marker, and it says, you know... Uh, George Washington portaged his boats across this point. You know, I mean, it's just such interesting, interesting stuff out there that most people know nothing about, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of history, even for a young country.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of activity around here at one point in time early on, you know?
1: Apparently a lot of cryptids and other oddities, uh, things going on, too. Southern New
0: Jersey. Weird, weird happenings. Well, I have an interesting account here uh, today. Uh, it's it's not that lengthy, but it, again, it's, and really, it uh, this occurred in 2000, so it's not that old. Hmm. Uh, this came to me from a guy named Paul Savino, uh, who was a resident of the state of Montana, and this is what Paul saw in July of 2000. He said that my wife and I had driven up to Glacier National Park for a weekend of sightseeing and a little rest and relaxation. We were driving on going to the Sun Road. Oh, I've been on it, Bill. I got to interrupt you on that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so here we go again, bro. (laughs) He said said they were approaching the Mount Clements Tunnel. Do you know what he's talking about there?
1: I mean, there's a couple of tunnels on the road. I didn't remember the name, but the road has such a cool name, right? Going to the sun.
0: Yeah, so he says that for those of your uh, readers, or in this case, listeners who've never been there, uh, the road runs along the slope of Mount Clements, and it was created by blasting out the granite or whatever the stone is that the mount is comprised of. So they blew the edges off of this Mount Clements to make... Uh, space for the road
1: yeah, and the mountain's kind of in the you have to go through or around the mountain to get from you know the entrance of the park into the other side of the park too
0: okay, yeah, so it's neat that you have familiarity with it, yep uh so he said that I wouldn't refer to it as driving along a cliff but rather a steep slope down the side of the mountain. Uh, In other words, if you or I were to pull over, we could traverse this slope on foot, albeit with great difficulty. So he says that, (coughs) excuse me, we were approaching what is a small roadside parking area that's designed to allow you to take in the view. Uh, This spot is suitable for maybe a couple of cars at best. He said there was nobody behind us, and we were traveling very slowly at perhaps 30 miles per hour or less. Now, this tunnel may be 100 feet long, if that, and it makes you wonder why they even left it there. Uh, Perhaps it's just a point of interest in the ride because everything as far as stone is concerned had been blown out of the way both before and after this little spot to accommodate building the road. He goes on to say that both above and below the tunnel, as well as going far off into the distance, the slope of Clements is covered with pines, none of which appear to be all that tall. I was just steering into the overlook and hadn't even put the car in park when my wife said, look, honey, a bear. Just beyond the tunnel, which was about 100 yards away and moving down the slope was a dark figure. As soon as my eyes were fixed on it, I said to my wife, if it's a bear, it escaped from a circus because bears don't walk down mountain slopes on two legs. (laughs) So there you go. I like this guy already. (laughs) When she first pointed out the creature, it was only about 75 feet below the road heading down the slope and just on the other side of the tunnel. Uh, this meant that if we had been a minute faster and had not stopped, it very may well have crossed the road in front of us. I turned the car off, and the two of us jumped out to get a better view of the animal. There was no doubt about it. We were looking at a large Bigfoot traversing down the side of this mountain. When we moved to the edge of the parking area, the Bigfoot turned to look at us several times, but never once did it stop walking. It was taking lengthy steps and covering a lot of ground quickly as it went down the side. The Bigfoot was screened periodically from our view by the pines, but we watched it off and on for what seemed like a half mile or so before we could see it no more. The first time that it turned to look at us, I could see plainly that its face was black. The sun was shining directly on it, and there was absolutely no light reflecting off the skin. When the left arm swung forward, I could see the same was true with its palm. It was black. When I say black, it could have been any darker shade of color. I'm simply saying that it wasn't white. It seemed to me that it was taking steps downhill that must have been 8 to 10 feet long, and perhaps even greater. We could see the enormous size of its feet, which gave the appearance of it wearing snowshoes. They were, they were that large to the eyes. Hmm. Now, I would never be walking down the slope, but I was trying to visualize the pace that I would be doing so at. This thing was walking at what would have been a slow jog for me and going downhill. Its arms seemed to be somewhere between six and seven feet long, <coughs> excuse me, which is just a guess, but they were enormous. And that's it. Wow. Pretty bizarre, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, it's a big national park, of course. But my first time there, this is going back, boy, probably 98 or 99. 99, I guess. Maybe early 2000. 99, I guess. Um, and uh, a woman had was killed there like the week before we went. She was attacked by a grizzly. Um, very close to the road, like at one of the stops, as I recall, along, uh, going to the sun road. And, um, you know, we were there with the kids who were very little at the time, but we used to take them hiking as you know, Bill, like in backpacks and stuff like that
0: Mm -hmm. all
1: over the place. But we were like, okay, we're not, you know, we're going to barely get out of the car at some of these locations we're definitely not going to go hiking Mm -hmm. because here, this woman was just killed, um. And we stopped at one of the pull-offs on this road. And we were looking off in the distance on the mountainside. And it was a beautiful, sunny day. And you saw what looked like a Jeep kind of like flying along the side of the mountain. And I remember saying to my wife, like, hey, look over there. Like, I wonder how the heck they got like a quad or a Jeep over there. And we took out binoculars and we looked over. And it was actually a grizzly bear like cruising along at like 30 miles an hour. Along the side of the mountain, <laughs> off in the distance.
0: Holy cow. Like kicking up
1: th- dust. I thought, thought it was it a quad was a or a Jeep.
0: Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. So and that that bear must have been place. running something down that you didn't see. You just exactly. saw the dark.
1: Well, like, I saw the dust, you know, like. Yuck. And just was like, wow, look at that vehicle. How'd they get a vehicle up there? And then we stopped and looked at it with the binoculars and we were like, holy cow, that's a grizzly bear. Running running oh full full out yeah yeah
0: Yeah. i saw uh a video once of a grizzly chasing down an antelope and i'm telling you man that was a sight to see this thing was full tilt and relentless uh going stride for stride and gaining ground on an antelope running down the side of a mountain for its (laughs) life and he caught it yeah
1: so no doubt if the hairy man's out there, he would be, it would be a nice place to hang out, would be uh, in the, in and around Glacier National Park in Montana.
0: Well, here you go, Kev. What was the grizzly doing there? He was hunting something. He was Absolutely. running after
1: something. Good place to hang out and eat.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And Bigfoot's hanging out there too and eating, I'm sure. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Good stuff. Yeah, so what do we got, bro? What kind of listener yeah, we mail? Yeah, got we got some got good
1: here? listener mail from all over the place again. So um, we're going to go to Utah. And this is from Les in Utah. Wow. And he says uh, I had a sighting some 20 miles northeast of the Provo video so uh provo utah is where we had our first episode of season one um and he says two creatures walking a ridgeline one larger than the other they aren't known as ridge walkers for nothing as you also saw in the marble mountain clip great show and i love your sense of humor and he says life is short
0: yeah you know uh first of all thanks for uh contacting us uh it is interesting how many times people have seen these things on a ridgeline which is exactly what they filmed uh at that marble mountain
1: yeah absolutely
0: so there's no doubt that these creatures take the high ground either to observe what's below or to travel in a zone where you know it's less frequently traveled by anything or anyone else
1: Well, we also know they're pretty good climbers, you know. They kind of go uh, up and down this stuff like it's nothing.
0: Yeah, and that in itself is remarkable, the strength to just traverse these rugged areas like, you know, you or I were walking in a park.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to uh, reach out to Les to see if uh, we can get some more on this sighting.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, I wish a lot of these people would, uh, avail themselves. You know, if yeah. you're listening out there folks and you've seen something, drop me a line. Uh I have no problem calling you, getting in touch with you. You know, sometimes it's difficult because of the lives we lead, but eventually it's going to click and we're going to have a conversation.
1: Yeah, and uh, and also if you guys are worried about, you know, us dic- disclosing who you are, if you're embarrassed about deciding or something, just tell us and we'll keep that confidential, of course.
0: Yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, yeah. no, the only thing we'd say is Joe. You know, <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to know who you are. You know what I mean? Joey, nobody told me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: Very good. Okay, and we're going to go to Trent in North Dakota, pretty rural place, and he says, "What will it take for them to believe?" Fantastic podcast and much success to you both. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I have downloaded several of your audio books. Great job. Awesome. Good stuff from Trent.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate that, Trent. And folks, you know, you're actually doing us a service when you download a book or buy a book for a gift for yourself. So please avail yourself of that. A lot of time and effort and money, believe it or not, goes into this. And, uh... So it's much appreciated. take an interest in what we're doing, and uh pass it on uh but you know Kim, uh I appreciate what he just said, but I wanted to tie back to that the fellow who said he had the uh uh deciding twenty five miles away from provo yeah there's there's definitely activity going on around there amongst other places yeah, but twenty five miles is not far no,
1: that's nothing.
0: You know, and we're not talking about going from state to state. Uh, one siding in Provo, one twenty-five miles away. Who knows what else is being seen over there? So there's got to be uh, significant activity in that area.
1: No, and you know, I've done a lot of skiing out there, and it is a very rural place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. you look around from those mountaintops, and there's a lot of other mountaintops and not much else.
0: Yeah, a lot of woods, a lot of valleys, a lot of trees, and yeah, not a
1: lot of people.
0: Right. And so all you got to do is stand on that mountain and look around and say, "Huh. Exactly. I wonder what's out there." Yep. Interesting, all right, interesting. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay,
1: our last uh email this week is from Osman in believe it or not, Saudi Arabia.
0: Wow. Did and- you say how, how do you spell Osman?
1: O-S-M-A-N. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I thought you were talking about Donnie Osmond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's Donnie. Marie Osmond?
0: <laughs> Maybe Marie.
1: <laughs> but Osmond writes, narrow-mindedness is the root of this whole thing. Does a man not know when hiking in the woods whether or not he is seeing a 10-foot-tall monster or not? i think he does the simple-minded says uh show me and i will believe but my thoughts say that even then that indiv- that individual would say it is something else there is no pleasing for some great show it's da- interesting da-da-da. right i mean <laughs> if you see a 10 foot tall monster in the daytime while you're hiking and you're a credible person, like these a lot of these folks are, and you report on it, and still a lot of folks don't believe that the individual saw what they saw.
0: Right. And I mean that's that's a piece of sound thinking there, bro. Thank you, Osman. Exactly. I mean he says flat out, doesn't a man basically of sound mind and body know when he's looking at a ten foot tall monster?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, he's he doesn't know in the moment that this is a freaking hairy, gigantic monster. He's mistaking it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and like he said, for the person who doesn't believe that, even if they saw it, they'd say it was something else. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I agree
1: 100%. Very cool.
0: <laughs> These people know what they're looking at. I mean, Kev, you would have no doubt if you saw a Bigfoot, what you were looking at.
1: Nope, no doubt about it, especially if it's that close to you like some of these accounts. But super cool. Thank you, Ozman. Thanks to all of our folks that write in. And again, um, thank you for giving us nice reviews on your favorite podcast player. And if it's not too much to ask as you're listening now, please pull up your podcast player and give us five stars because it's the way We get the word out on this podcast, right? We get more people coming to it. It comes up earlier in the search based on the number of people that have reviewed it and the number of stars that they give. So we really appreciate it if you could help us out by giving us five stars on your favorite podcast player. And before I hand it back to you, Bill, I want to mention one other thing about the Jersey Devil. I'm an X-Files television series fan, and uh, Agent Mulder came across uh, the Jersey Devil, <laughs> what was believed to be the Jersey Devil. I think it was in episode four of the first season of X-Files. So folks out there, if you're an X-Files fan, check that episode out. Go find it online and see what you think of the Jersey Devil and X-Files.
0: That's crazy. Kev, do you know I've never seen an episode of oh, the X-Files? Oh,
1: it's fantastic. Yeah. Good I mean, TV. Not, not one. Never. Oh, and they got some good stuff on there, Bill. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, some good uh, oddities, and you'd like it.
0: Yeah. You know, I guess it's just one of those things. I just never tied into yeah. it or was too busy or was on on a night when I was working all the time. Yeah. Whatever, you know. Well, put
1: it on your to-do list.
0: Yeah. You know, I. the thing is, I watch a lot of, like, factual television. Uh, I don't know what, how else to describe it. I like uh, – uh, and I don't want to say reality TV because we know what that's all about today, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, Stupid and naked running in the woods. I'm not <laughs> talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, I like facts and figures and data and, you know, uh, things of interest, astronomy and history and stuff like that.
1: I think you'd like X-Files. It's well done. It's good uh... – Good research goes into it. Yeah, it's fiction, but a lot of it is based on different things that were rumored to happen. You know, it's yeah. it's good good stuff. Very entertaining and
0: good actors, well-written. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll give it a Check spin. Check it out. Yep, yep. Cool. All right, everybody. So thanks again for listening. And remember, always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight.